Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's get it done, realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I'm super excited today to have my home inspector. Yes, he does our home inspections, and he just loves me to death. Randy Riding, say hi, Randy. Hi, Marjorie. Hello. I never, never, never get on his nerves and I never forget to give him information. So when he gets into a pet peeve later, he's absolutely not talking about me, right? Never. Yes. <laughs> so Randy has Oliver Creek home inspections. He's fantastic. So if you're anywhere in the Charlottesville area, you can use him, but don't use him too much because I need to use him. So Randy's been an inspector since about 2018. So about six years, but you had been in construction forever before that, right? Yeah, I started the construction as a young teenager. Started on roofs. Oh, uh, worked on many different phases of construction since then. So yeah, and then you said you looked into real estate about 2007, but there wasn't. It wasn't like a licensed process back then, which is frightening, right? That basically mm -hmm. I could be a home and right. Like I've never been <laughs> in houses, but let me help you. And then around 2017, we started finally in Virginia, the requirement to have licensing and you kind of looked into it and got into it then. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. And then you're the luckiest person ever because you get to work with realtors, like the yeah. best, the best people on I, earth. I appreciate the education that I received. <laughs> My ears are open. <laughs> <laughs> We're very helpful, not bossy. That's great. The education you receive. That's what, hey, lenders, when you're listening, you can tell your realtors, thank you so much for the education <laughs> I received. That's the best. I'm writing that one down for sure. But I think it's super important that we talk about home inspections and somewhat in the process, a lot of which we're going to talk about is setting buyers up for success and then realtors, how we help and possibly hinder the process a little bit. We're mm -hmm. going to talk about inspections we need to make sure we offer or talking about with our clients, as well as we're going to talk about pre-inspections a little bit. So we're going to start with setting up buyers for success. And what I mean by that is, as you and I both know, and anyone listening here should know, someone that's never bought a home before comes to home inspection. And that's a terrifying, exciting yet terrifying prospect because they already think the sky, it's just the worst thing. Every outlet that needs to be tightened is $6,000, right? So what's your advice, like everyone listening, what would you say, hey, realtors, to set your buyers up for success? Here's some, some tips for you. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it's, it's a very anxious time for a lot of purchasers and for sellers. Sometimes I get to interact with sellers, not too often, but they're oftentimes more nervous than the buyers. So real estate agents can help, I think, just by setting expectations and letting your clients know that, look, there's a lot of information that's delivered and don't become overwhelmed by it. There'll be time to process it. There's going to be a written report. There's an opportunity to communicate. I mean, I always make myself available for communication with real estate agents and clients for follow-up so that if there's questions, it's not like you just have this little brief window with me and everything has to be answered right at that moment. There is opportunity for follow-up. And so it's a lot of letting them know there's a lot of information that's going to be dispensed and to not feel overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And you have a great report. I mean, your report is super concise. It's got very clear photos. I think that's very important too. Like the report system that the inspector you work with, mm -hmm. again, is very clear. The photos are key, right? Because as soon as we leave, it's like, what window was that? So I think that okay. reference there with clear descriptions is very important and yours is, is excellent. So that's, I think, an easy step, but something that's not always the case. Other things, we always tell our clients, look, this is going to take three to four hours, right? So they need to know yeah, it's yeah. also a lot of information and there's a chunk of time, especially depending on the size of the home. Right. I tell my clients, I really like it if they're there. I, I prefer if they can attend at least one of them. And when I say one of them, let's not be sexist. It can be the wife or husband, doesn't matter. It depends on the family, <laughs> right? It depends on the dynamic. If they can both be there, great. But I think someone being there to be with you so again, they don't just receive the report blind. Now, when they live 
nationally, internationally, COVID, of course, no one could come. But I do think it is an education on the components of their home that that provides some value, right? That that you could be there with them. And and one thing I'm, I always talk about with you is if if they can't tell, you're very calm. Right. Like you're you're just a very you are not someone who freaks them out. You're not an alarmist. You educate, but you don't pro- provoke fear. And some people do. Right. Oh, no, this needs a roof is not the way. <laughs> right. We need our inspector to deliver information. Right. And you're just very methodical. You clearly know what you're doing. And I think that's a huge key in in working with you. Yeah, well. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I just view it as a my role as a home inspector is to dispense information, try to accurate information and just dispense it in such a way that people can make an educated decision. I It's not my decision to tell people that they should walk away from a house or not walk away from a house. I don't know their, their financial yep. situation or what their goals are with houses or any of that. So... I'm just trying to dispense information in a neutral way, I guess, is the best way I can put it so that it doesn't, it's just information being delivered, really. And you are correct because again, as I mean, you and I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients, you have clients that it's my clients that say, I'm looking for a total fixer upper that freak out if the toilet's loose, right? And then <laughs> I have clients that can hear the, the roof is caving in and the foundation sinking to a sick hole. And they're like, I can fix that, right? So yeah, exactly. we, we can't, I mean, you're, you know, right? it's okay or it's not okay. So it is yeah. correct that tolerance, their, their money they have to spend as well as their history of what they've dealt with before, what they grew up in, or again, it's very different. We all, both the realtor and the inspector need to think about that. Our job as well is to guide them through properly. And here's what we should or shouldn't ask for based on severity or the contract, the way it was written. But each person, their tolerance is very different for yeah. what they can and will deal with. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And generally you as a real estate agent have more history background with the client's I mean, almost 99% of the time you do because I'm just meeting a client for the first time at the home inspection. So again, I don't know their background. I don't know if they want to fix her up or, or not. I don't know anything really about them. So again, I from my perspective, my interest is just dispensing information about the home to them so that they can make an informed decision. Yeah. And I mean, for us too, let me just tell you though, I mean, we can, we say all the time, and this is, this is, with the kindness, I mean it like the buyers are liars and and it is many reasons. It is, Hey, I will only purchase of a house if it has this, right. I would never buy a house with a pool. Guess what? I need to be 10 minutes from work, 45 minutes later. And again, that's also, you come to an area with expectations that cannot sometimes be met. But again, I have absolute assumptions sometimes of, Oh, they're going to freak out in this inspection and they're totally fine. And it also, I think that fear, right? So if you think about the pressure and pain points of going through a purchase, that inspection can bring out like Satan <laughs> of yeah. the most calm person who freaks out. So I think there yeah. is that part too, that you and I both don't yeah. know what comes out. I've been surprised many times, one way or yeah. the other, the calmness or freak out that happens. So Right, exactly. And, and I guess that's just where we, we really don't know their background. So, I mean, I've had clients who I could tell that they, they really couldn't stomach the smallest of plumbing leaks because somewhere in their past, they had a disastrous situation. And I could give you many examples like Oh that. yeah, we both could. And, and I think- and for you, like, I think one of the funnier things probably recently that came up is maybe, maybe you walk into a house and see the wallpaper and say, there's no way my clients are gonna want this house. And, and maybe this just happened. Yes, exactly. we, Randy and I just had an inspection of a house that I walked in and went, oh, and and he not only loves it, but we found boxes of extra wallpaper in the closet. And if he listens, he will laugh, by the way, because we've joked about this many times <laughs> and he was ecstatic. We just joked we were going to like do the ceilings and the exterior. And so again, our assumptions right yeah. of what is not right for us or something somebody needs to do we yeah. need to make sure that we guide them properly on those things like cracks in foundations and and again major right. repairs that they need to be aware of but yeah. no i, I mean I, it it is a funny thing exactly yeah and i think just going back from the the home inspector standpoint is just trying to dispense beneficial information factual information 
not trying to make an assumption, and I try very hard with that, to make an assumption as to what somebody's tolerance dislikes. That really does not play a role from my yeah. perspective. It's yeah. just, this is the facts about a house so an individual can make an informed decision. Yeah, and I think, listen, for realtors listening as well, I think part of that education from our experience before an inspection that you and I talked about a little bit, they're also... You are there to point out and go through all the systems as well as all of, we'll call them the quirks, as well as all the issues. You are also there here. There's required items, right? This has to, this has to work. There's also, we'll call them beneficial or recommended items that, hey, this, this doesn't have to be done. But part of that inspection that we're still talking about was a $2 piece of flashing between the gutter and the siding that while it is not required and we're not going to ask for it, especially based on the contract we wrote, but it's important over the long-term maintenance of this home. So you're going to also bring up things that are, are recommended things. We're going to call them that, that are good things to have for different reasons that we won't necessarily ask the seller. And so that is part of that conversation with all clients before we meet with you that I have, I go through and explain the time. I go through and explain everything you're going to cover. I explain that there are going to be recommendations or smaller things that we're not going to ask for that are great for their home ownership. I explained that let's go through the whole inspection just because you cite things like a roof. The sky's not falling, right? Doesn't mean we will proceed or not, but it's not 100000 for a roof. Might be eight, right? Though. So this perspective of things, we don't ask for everything, right? Like, because how often realtors will say, oh, gosh, my clients ask for everything. And it's like, well, it's setting expectations. You're going to find many things. It's going to be a long report. Not all of them are bad and not all of them are worth asking that seller for. And then grandfathered and properly functioning old stuff, right? So I think that's the hardest thing for buyers, especially that don't do this often is, hey, that HVAC is 952 years old. <laughs> it belongs in every museum, but guess what? That thing's cranking. It's still cooling, right? right. And exactly. so we can't ask them to replace it. Yeah, and again, that like from my perspective as a home inspector, I'm just trying to educate them as to what's there and what they could expect. So I would, if it's an old system, I can explain to them it's functioning. And I would just love to use the old used car illustration. Like it's an old, it's like an old used car. It it may not be working shortly after you purchase the house. I can't guarantee it. Nobody can guarantee it. Just prepare to budget for its replacement. Yeah, and I think that's the, I think that, the best things. Yeah, Your budget to replace section, I think. And and saying, you, again, you need to budget this. This has to be part of your thinking, whether that happens 12 days or three years from now. Right. That's something you're going to be dealing with. Yeah, and then they're just not caught off guard that, oh, we thought this old system was, was going to work fine for the next four years. <laughs> and it died three months later. Which is the worst. It happens it all the it's, time. It's terrible for everybody. Nobody likes it, but that's just homeownership. And as long as people are prepared for it, then they can make an informed decision. So if they are really at the, the absolute limit of their budget and they can't afford to have anything fail for two years, then they can make a decision based upon that. Yeah. Agreed. Because we don't, none of us want to put them in the position that now they're closing and have to do these things that they frankly cannot afford, right? They do not right. have the money for either liquid liquid money or they can't get an equity line or whatever it is that they're going to need to put into this house. We're not there to set them up to fail. So that's part of the importance of this inspection process, no doubt about it. So let's talk about the realtor. Yay. So <laughs> in your eyes and kind of how we function with you, right? So mm -hmm. what do you, when you, our role in the inspection, right? Like if you could literally set us down and say, hi, I'm Randy. I'm the inspector. Hi, buyer. You're here to learn. And hi, realtor. What's your, what's the expect? What do you think that the realtor should be clear of? Well, like I mentioned before, helping buyers have expectations and proper expectations. And I always encourage clients to ask questions, to shadow me, but there's also a necessity for some guidance with the client and providing time for a home inspector to just be alone. Like for example, while it's not a requirement for home inspectors to take off the dead front cover of an electric panel, most will, I do, unless it's unsafe, that's probably a good time to just let an inspector focus on doing that for his or her 
on safety and allowing them to, to focus on what's going on there rather than having a, a bunch of different questions. It doesn't mean you can't just stand back and watch, but so just some, some guidance of the client to, to give an inspector's time through the process and understanding that again, as a real estate agent, depending on the size of the house and, and all that, it's, it's a multi-hour process. So a client doesn't just reminding the client that we're going to be here a while. You don't need to feel like you've only got 30 minutes with this person's attention and everything has to come out all at once. Yes. You have time, give, give the inspector time to go through the process without some, without distractions, because that's really in everybody's benefit. But I also encourage too real estate agents and clients to, I mean, you have eyes, you have ears, you have feet and hands. If you see something, hear something, something feels weird while you're walking, share it. I, I don't have a problem with that. The, the more people involved in the process, the better it is for everybody within reason. Yeah, probably not when you're <laughs> opening the electrical panel to be not like, hey, I got yeah. a question. So, a, so, right. so you're so, you're just so like kind, you're not going to pick up. So basically, <laughs> let's, so we managing the client, right? Meaning again, that you also need personal space. Like there are people as that have no ability to not be five inches yeah. from your face. So like, let's give them some space to do the work. Like they don't have to literally be within four inches of you when you're doing right. your whole job. Right. So they can follow you, but maybe understanding that and then letting, if we're going to ask questions as you're completing something within the bathroom, let's ask about the bathroom. Let's not say back yeah. in the kitchen when you're in the half bath. Right. Yeah. And I generally try to explain to folks my process of going through the house so that they know if they have a question in the master bathroom, they can wait until I get to that part of the house. Yes. And I don't mind if they tell me up front and then I, I'll just kindly say, okay, we'll just, I'll keep it in mind. You remind me when we get back to there, we'll right. talk about that. We'll look at that as we're in that area, rather than while I'm climbing up into the attic, they want to ask me about the crawl space. That That's not. Speaking of that, would you like them to come with you into the attic or would you prefer to be left alone? Attics, generally, it's best if they don't go into an attic. I just don't really want to come. Yeah, if it, if it involves climbing a ladder, depends on the person. Yeah. And if it's, I mean, like the house I was in this morning has pulled down storage and storage space up there. It's designed for, for that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Come on up here if you feel comfortable as the homeowner. But generally, most houses in our area don't have attic space that's designed to be walked through. So we don't need them going through the ceiling or you. No, we don't. Uh, And I I have never and and don't want to ever. Good for you. (laughs) Let's knock on some wood because I know a lot. And then I think let's just say this as well in the kindest way. We are the realtors. We can ask questions. We can certainly help guide the client, but we're not the home inspector, right? So I think not over talking you, like if you're saying, hey, this is this trust system. I go, well, let me tell you about the trust system. Like, okay, this is not our time for that, right? Like not that we can't you go through your spiel and I say, hey, Randy, can I ask you a question? What's that? Like, it's not like I can't, I can't be part of it, but I am not the ringleader of the inspection. So I need to know again, yes. And hey, if we get to the house and I say, I'm super, this one, the crawl space, like I'm really worried about it. So when we get there, let me ask you a question and then sort of stand back and, and mm-hmm. have you run the show. Cause this, if this is a show, this is your show. And again, the client is part of it too, but we've got to allow you to complete your process and get what yeah. you need done, right? So yeah. that's fair right. to say nicely, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you also know your clients too. So it's, it is beneficial. I may be explaining something or describing something that I I may just kind of in, inadvertently think that everybody understands it. And you realize that your client has no idea. So it's <laughs> helpful to just kind of ask a question that makes it allows me to to explain it in terms that the client can understand. So that sort of guidance is beneficial as well. Okay. Now we're going to get into pet peeves. I'll start with the first one. We talked about it when we started this. <laughs> I really so only guys, have one. <laughs> fellow realtors, PSA for all of you. And, and, and the market <laughs> is part of this. Let me say, like, here's what I love. It'll literally, guess what? We're writing a contract. Two people want to write contracts on Saturday. I will text Randy. Hey. Only two? Which, 
Yeah, well, one time it was four, but like, it was like, I, when are your inspections? Because again, I need to know how many days out I need to put in my, if I can get an inspection, my addendum, I can't say four days and you don't, I would never, but I need to know. But if you are available in five, I can compete on how I can do this quickly. So I'm, I'm big on, Hey Randy, you know, I got this and this and I'm like, and then usually I am like, Oop, this person didn't get this one. This one got this one. So I'm knee deep in all of this. And you're like, hello, hello. <laughs> I need information, not only where am I going, but the client contact, right? So guys, as soon as you have this, or you can even say, Randy, I want, I'm asking you to hold this time. It's for one, two, three main street. I can text you client info and I'll confirm right tonight at 8 PM if we got it, but not getting you the information isn't just, Hey, cause I think part of it's like, well, you could just show up there. No. How big is the house? How do you quote it? What's the client's information? How do you get them their contract information? There's a lot that mm -hmm. you need to do that. We hold you up and I definitely have been guilty of this because oh, you're God. like, are we doing one? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Different house though. <laughs> Yeah. So I apologize in advance. Oh. I'll send you cookies. By the way, Randy loves cookies. He will even <laughs> eat gross cookies with raisins in them, and he likes sticky buns. So let's find out what your home inspector likes, and that way, when they've put up with you and your client, right, for a full inspection, you can give them some cookies. I will say one of your team members though did did the first time I met her, she recalled that I like cookies and brought a cookie the next inspection. So. Well, see, now I know officially, so you're in trouble. Like, I'll give you all the gross raisin cookies and I'll eat the chocolate chip cookies. But other pet peeves, right? So realtors, again, we're there. We want to be helpful. We are our biggest thing to me is is it's an education for us too, because we're learning what we can what we want to ask for, what what we need to get more information about, but interjecting too much, right? Like I think. The inspection's already long. You've already got a lot to say. Us feeling like the relevance factor we need to contribute, we don't necessarily. So I think right. sometimes our interjections or if Randy says, well, let me tell you about the heat pump. And I go, oh my gosh, I was over here at 123 Main Street. And my God, let me tell you about the heat pump. Maybe mm -hmm. not relevant right now, right? Yeah. So we'll talk about that over coffee. Yes, and, and cookies. And yes, cookies. Exactly. But sharing that experience now that doesn't mean guys what i'm not saying is if you talk with a buyer after the inspection right you're going through the report and they say i'm not worried about this that's the time to share a relevant look we need to ask for this and here's why right oh i'm not worried about the septic pumping well we just had one and here's the cost the relevant experience sharing is when we are developing our lists and, and using our expertise to guide them on asking or not asking but not there during the inspection mm -hmm. Another one <laughs> is not jumping the gun in the good or bad. Give an example that like for us to either make things way better or worse than they are. Like what's, what's a good example of that? Oh, probably. I mean, just one quickly off the top of my head. If it's in, let's just say it's a 20 year old HVAC system, heat pump. We have in our climate, that's primarily what we see and it's functioning. It's working. It's, it's doing what we'd expect it to do. I again try to try to just dispense accurate information to clients and let them know it's functioning now, but it's older. It could fail at any point in time. Or I, I guess maybe I'll I'll switch it up a little bit and just let's say it's an HVAC system, HVAC system that's 18, 20 years old. It's not producing good temperature differential. So what what do we do about that? My advice is going to be call the specialist, HVAC contractor have them come out assess evaluate repair or replace now it, if if a real estate agent would say oh okay we'll have it serviced i mean that may not dispense the proper information like it's yeah. no it doesn't just need a little tune-up so that it'll work for another 30 days and through closing maybe but let's let the the experts experts yeah weigh in on that agreed Agreed. And one thing that I think is important. So we are in Virginia. People listening could be anywhere in the country, in our state, in our area. Realtors must go unless you have literally permission from the seller. You attend your inspections. I think it's the way it should be. How do you, do you like realtor there or not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And why? Yeah, definitely. There's several reasons. One of which is just for safety, security reasons. As a home inspector, I'm entering somebody's home. If it's vacant, there's less risk, but 
most times houses are not vacant. There's personal possessions there. Yeah. From a seller standpoint, they shouldn't have to worry about whether or not something might be taken. So the more people there, the better it is. I know myself. I know I'm not going to take something, but yeah. everybody's sake, it's beneficial. The other thing was probably more practical for the client is if the client can't be there for some reason, having a real estate agent there is their, is their set of eyes. So it gives me the opportunities going through the house, find issues. I can show the real estate agent. So you're not just going to get a report with the photograph, which I try my best to describe so that anybody reading it can find it, but I can bring you there if necessary and show it to you. not, not the attic, but yes. Or the I, crawl I, I space. Can, I'm not coming with you. Yeah. I would keep my head in there, but so as a real estate agent, you can put your own eyes on it. It helps the, the real estate agent communicate with the client that information. So I think it's, I think it's very beneficial from that standpoint. It's, it's kind of that bridge between me and a, and a client to help with the communication. Agreed. And furthermore, so for me, for the people that say they don't go, there's a few other things. One, we are there also to help the client, but also understand they're freaking out. So we are able to see, wow, they were really freaked out about this leaking toilet. Let's right where I, I need to really spend time and say, I understand the importance of getting this fixed, but really it, it costs this much or here's what we need to do. If we aren't there and all of a sudden they call us and say, I'm canceling the contract because this house is sinking and you get a report with a leaking toilet and two loose outlets, you've got to really understand the kind of emotional response your client's having as well as right. what's really happening with this house strategically. Look, sometimes, look, we've walked out of inspections saying we're out. Like there's not there this, we've got mm -hmm. to get out of this. We've walked out of it going, if they fix this and this, we're good, right? And, and knowing the buyer's temperament, but also- I think that as realtors, like we get to know our buyers showing them houses and then the, the largest captured periods of time after that, we have the home inspection, which is again, I think very important as their guide, which is our job or their, their consultant and their guide. And then we get to do the final walkthrough and the closing. And really those are those times we're building this relationship with them. So during that home inspection, while we're also shielding you from certain things, we're getting to talk more about their plans for the home and do they need contractors and do they want to paint get rid of wallpaper or keep it forever. I don't know, whatever it may be, but like, do we need help measuring? Where can they get their blinds? What are they most excited about? This is that time to really connect with them and work through fears, sometimes rational or irrational. So I think that to me, whether it's required or not, we should be there because it's also a time I don't want to get a phone call ever that says I'm canceling right now. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I need to be there to kind of work through that with them either going, yeah, darn right, let's go. So I think that for all of those reasons, I appreciate it's a lot of time. So whether people have a team or not, if you have a team, whether it's a team member that goes, but someone has to have eyes on it as well to kind of have that knowledge of next steps and, and expectations, as well as, again, that relationship time that you can make that experience. You can bring snacks and water and you can bring flashlights and measuring tape and you can really help them in this time of this purchase. So to me, they, they should be there. So I'm, I'm glad you agree, but I think that it's something that people, if this is not a practice of yours right now, it should be, especially look, this market's changing and it might change drastically if certain things really continue. Mm -hmm. So we got to value and really make sure we understand the importance of, of that relationship. Yeah. And I would just, I would just even throw in the last little thing is that it's an opportunity for a real estate agent to learn. Oh uh, yeah. Many, many real estate agents will will tell to me that will tell me that they enjoy coming to home inspections because they always learn something new. Yes. And it, it's not that I'm so amazing. It's just every house is different and there's different ages. And so they there's different systems and there's always something new to learn about it. So the more information a, a real estate agent can take in, the more education they can get about houses in their market the better they can communicate that with their clients even before writing contracts. Agreed. Agreed. We know better. I mean, I've done this 28 years. I've been to a lot of inspections and it's, I can walk in a house no, and now and say, oh, I'd want to, there've been times is we'll kind of shoot a picture to you and go, well, I don't 
it kind of looks good, right? Like mm-hmm. it's these things to look for with not only our seller clients, right? Advising them saying that's going to come up in your home inspection, right? We know this is an issue where you have this type of electrical panel that was recalled and that's only from going through inspections with you. Right. So speaking of inspections, pre-listing inspections, what do you think? You like the idea or no? Yeah. In most cases, I think it's it's a good idea. Obviously, it depends on the age of the house. It depends on the, the condition or what information is known about the house. So I think most people are kind of falsely scared of, well, I don't want to find out if there's a problem that I have to fix it. Well, that's a conversation they should have. I, I mean, from my perspective with the real estate agent, I don't know what laws are, so I can't comment on on that. But it may be that you can fix something that, yes, may cost money out of pocket or up front, but can actually increase value of the home for the sale. So maybe it's beneficial to know that up front. Maybe it's beneficial to know about the condition of the house because maybe it won't sell the condition that it's in. Correct. So, yeah, I think there's there's value to doing a pre-listing home inspection year and a half ago when just about everything, including the cardboard box on the side of the road sold, it wasn't very easy to convince people to do a pre-listing inspection. Nope. <laughs> so no, someone gets market dependent. We couldn't even get post-listing, right? I mean, you, the house would go under contract, you'd have to right. waive an inspection, which is crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So we would do our best to get someone like you in when we could. We would do our best to so get the ages of all systems and evaluate what we could. I think, I think, so what you mentioned, so in Virginia, so what you're talking about, this is disclosure laws. I think everyone listening needs to be aware of their disclosure laws. And then there's like almost sort of a cost benefit of, I think the fear in doing a full, we'll call it a full inspection before that is if you were made aware of defects, then you must disclose them. So I think people think, well, I don't want to have to disclose it, but The flip side of that is I like my, so if we're talking about the sellers now, I want to be the one in charge or the one that gets to guide if the roof needs to be replaced. Let's say that. I want to know, okay, the roof needs to be replaced. We're going to get our roofer to quote that out so we know the cost. And then we know, are we going to do it now? Are we going to say prior to closing, we're going to give you a new roof with an acceptable offer? If we have enough negotiation, look in the market last year, they could have gone, yeah, you need a roof. Cool. We know you need a roof. So really... I don't want to, as the market continues to shift, have clients put their house on the market with unknown big things. And when I say big things, roof, foundation, HVAC systems, I call a water heater a big thing because if you've ever had one explode, it's a big deal. The bigger mold, all those things that cause buyers to go, bye-bye. Right. So maybe it's not is the sink leaking, but it, those major systems, at least, I think our job is to know how old are they? Are they serviced regularly? Can we see evidence of issues, whether they're doing an inspection or not? Not guiding our clients to having the power over the results is a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think so to me, like, how much is it going to cost? How do we not negotiate twice? How do we not pay 10 grand in closing costs? Again, everyone listening now is like, what? do that. Nope. But you will again, it will change. This market will not last forever. And then you find out you need 20,000 because of a roof, a distribution box, a water heater and the HVAC. I mean, that's a lot, but what I'm saying, and it's like, wow, had we known we could have positioned this better. So I think we, we, the, the seller clients need time to plan, prepare, So again, it can start as simply as how old are your systems? Are you servicing your HVAC? Wow. That filter is, is very black. I mean, like (laughs) that looks bad and all your systems are original and you have stains on all the ceilings on your second floor, right? We don't go, Ooh, hope that's okay. Right. So I think that's part of advising them through the process and not trying to band-aid it and and hope it goes away because a lot of times it doesn't. So let's talk about additional inspections. So we have the home inspection again, Mm -hmm. I would think across most states, it's fairly similar, but structural, electrical, mechanical, uh, plumbing. That's a new word, by the way. The plumbing. Yeah. Plumbing, the main components of the house, right? There are additional inspections, I would imagine, across the United States, but let's get into a couple of them. Radon. What do you think Mm -hmm. of radon? Yes, no, people should do them. I know you've talked to me, so you tell me what your opinion is on, on for you as the inspector. I'll talk about me as the realtor, but as you and the inspector discussing the radon test. Yeah. So here in our market, more and more individuals are becoming aware of the potential danger of radon gas exposure and are desiring to to do a test for it, short-term test in relation to the 
transaction of, of a home sale. If a client always, if a, if a client will ask me, should I or should I not test for it? I do not answer that question for them because it's a health related topic. I rate on gas, no level of it will ever affect the house. It is a question of whether or not it affects human health. I'm not a doctor. I have no medical background. I am not qualified to answer that question. I don't know their medical history. I'll just give you a, one experience that very early on. I learned the importance of that was I did a couple, one of the radon tests done, no problem, did it, got the results back. The results back were, were quite low, somewhere below two picocuries per liter. And the, the husband said, okay, great. We're going to put a system in. And he obviously saw the way I looked at him. <laughs> yeah. But he said, yeah, my wife has one lung. I said, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You want to make sure they're doing everything they possibly can to eliminate any potential risk. I understand. Yeah. So I don't know the life, uh, the health situation of, of the individuals purchasing a home. Yes. In our, in our market, it's always, people ask me, well, do you find high levels of radon? The answer is yes. Yeah. And the answer can be no. I can't predict it. So more and more folks are choosing to test for radon. In, in our area. And I think in probably nationally, that's that's increasing. I think that the awareness is, is spreading. So how much does a radon test, I know the answer, but how much does a radon test cost here? I think in our market, it's probably 175 to $200 is, is generally the range. Correct. And so for me as the realtor, I feel like we do have radon. And as you said, it, I can go down a street, there could be six houses, three could have it, three could not. They could be every other two next to each other, skip to the end. There is no rhyme or reason, number one. But systems used to be like $1,200. They're now closer to $1,900 to install. Right. So if yeah. you really just look at it, I, I think it's safer to do it. I mean, again, I'm not a doctor either, but radon is a naturally occurring gas that lives in the earth. And unless you leave earth, you could have radon, right? So I live on earth. <laughs> Second, it costs, let's say, $200 to test for it. I like that added knowledge, even though it's a short-term test of was it high or not. If it's $1,800 to $2,000 to remedy it, frankly, if I'm representing a buyer, I would prefer to have the option to ask the seller to remedy it. And then let's say you say radon is garbage. I don't care. Cool. Mm -hmm. But in four years, if you go to sell your house and someone else cares and they do a test, then they're going to charge you $2,000. So to me, health benefit as well as cost to remedy and it's remediable, right? So the system is guaranteed once installed to be under, it's definitely under four. And I don't know how far under four for at least 10 years. So to me, there are benefits. So I always say test. So if anyone ever asks me, I say, why? And that's why. And again, that's right. just procedurally as well as I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. So I think it makes sense to do it. And then there are, there are systems and houses that have radon systems. They're not working properly. So we often check those too. So again, personal mm -hmm. decision for the mm -hmm. client and the realtor. But if we look at cost, benefit, et cetera, I think spending 200 up front for a potential 2000 liter, as well as health benefits, make it make sense. Right. So I always say, do it. What about, Oh, tell me about in our area, the older city homes, some issues that a lot of people might not think about. Yeah. So houses like in, in our area, if you're in city limits or have public sewage, oftentimes older houses will have cast iron pipes. That's quite common in houses that are from like pre 1965 or 1970, even some of the older houses, while we can't see it, just from being in the house, may even have orange Orangeburg, which is definitely something that has known to fail and can be costly to repair. So doing like a, a sewer scope or scoping the line from the house to the street is a is a common uh, inspection that that people can choose to do. I think it's beneficial just because it, again, if you have a house that's 60, 70 years old, I can run water in the house. And I'm running water in the bathtub and showers and sinks and everything drains fine, but it may function a little bit different if there's a house, a family of four or five running in there and you're, you're running water constantly every day. And plus just water may be draining fine now, but if there's tree roots that are discovered in those lines, like what often happens in our area, the water is 
passing through it now, but how long is it going to be before those tree roots cause blockage? And then you have a problem of rectifying that. Sometimes it's not that big of a deal. It may only be two feet below the ground in our area. Sometimes it's eight or 10 feet. So so something again, good to know. again, how old's the house? <laughs> pipes to the street, have they ever been replaced? It's also a selling feature on the flip side. Yeah. Uh, something to be aware of for your buyer clients on the buy side. So again, mm -hmm. things to think about, like with septic systems, right? So talk a little no. bit about septic systems. Yeah. So again, septic systems, the first question that can be asked is if there's any history of, of the system being pumped. Generally, it seems like the consensus is about every four years having having the, the tank pumped is a good idea. So from a buyer, if they can learn that the seller has had it serviced every service, meaning pumped every four years, that's a good sign. If the if there's, which this happens so many times, no knowledge of it ever being pumped. <laughs> and you start doing the math on the house and realize it was built in the early 90s and time flies. Here we are 30 years later. We don't know if that septic tank has ever been pumped. Come to find out it's six feet in the ground. So yeah, having a having a septic inspection is is beneficial, especially probably once you get as the system gets older. So like another example would be so the pump the, the pump the tank could be pumped regularly and that's great. But if it's a 25, 30 year old house, the distribution box may be starting to fail or have failed, and there won't necessarily be that sign right away. The other thing is you, you, houses that are in the country, trees are cleared when a septic field is put in, the leach field. Fast forward 30 years, trees and shrubs have grown up, and now those roots are causing problems in those leach fields. So all good reasons to to do a, to have a, a septic inspection. Agreed. And so septic inspection, so everyone's clear, it, even if the house was pumped two years ago, it has to be pumped and inspected. They got to clear it all out. And then they dig down to the collection, the D box, D boxes. I can't tell you how often are failed. We get pictures of like plate size holes in, in them. And it's like, I think 1800 bucks to fix it. So to me, again, you're correct. It's like, okay, they pump it every two years. We all feel better, but it was built in 1989 and there's no record of the D box being replaced. We got to do further investigation. If we can ask the seller to do it, pump and inspect, including digging down to the distribution box. Great. If we can't, I mean, it's probably about $800. I think was our last, but between pumping and inspecting. Right. But again, it's one of those things that it can be 800 really well spent as someone who has had a septic backup. Let me just tell you <laughs> the joy of that in a yeah. house. Well, and, and not only that problem, but let's just say that the septic failed for some reason. And then now where do you put the second system? Because you can't just dig up what is there and simply oh, yeah. replace it. There needs to be an alternative site. So some properties that's no big deal, and some properties that is a big deal. Yeah. All of a sudden you're going away from let's say a gravity fed system to a pump system or putting in an alternative system. So those numbers get a whole lot bigger really fast. So guys, do a septic inspection. Let's just make this easy. <laughs> Ask the right questions. Again, this is part of why they hire us, right? We got to think about the value to a client. The value to a client is to have discussions about inspections, rate on inspections. Yeah. Again, how old is the house? Is it in the city? Are there, are there cast iron pipes? What's the septic history? Do we have any idea if the D-box has been replaced? Maybe we talk about it. Mold, of course. So we leave it for you to find the suspect fungi. Although I tell any client, any of them, if I go to a listing, they have a crawl space. I'm like, you have mold. And nine times out of 10, I'm right. They all, oh, no, no, we have, a, I don't care. You have mold. So really paying attention to that. And to me on the front end on listings, because people freak out with mold, even though mold in a crawl space are like two things, right? It's like peanut butter and jelly, mold in a crawl space, right? It is not that you're eating it, but I'm just saying it's <laughs> like that common, right? Like it happens so often that we got to really be paying attention to that for and it doesn't mean we should have mold in the crawl space, however. Peanut no, no, so no. Yeah, it's <laughs> like oatmeal raisin cookies for you. But exactly. you don't want one of those. Yes. I don't want either. Wonderful. But, but, yeah. but we should expect it. Potentially. Yeah. I, we're I just, trying, we're, we're yeah. trying to we're trying to change that slowly. We're trying to change yes. the structure of how to build crawl spaces and, Correct. and then 
it is getting better. I've seen yeah. the change in five years. So oh, good. Yeah, I don't want people to think that just because there's a crawl space, there should be the accepted expectation that oh, no. there. No, no, I don't want the mold. I'm just yeah. saying I prepare our clients that, hey, let's get this checked it's, out. Or yeah, exactly. we go down and we're like, because a lot of times their vapor barrier isn't there or they've stored 58 things in there that now mold, right? Like they just haven't, there's water in there, all the things that improper crawl space maintenance, right? And and, yeah. and the inability, people just don't know. Like most people don't go, hey, let's go hang out in the crawl space. But yeah. what about well tests? So for VAFHA, they have to do the coliform bacteria and E. coli, some, but we don't have to do the broad spectrum of other testing. So, so if I, a client asks you, hey, should I get well testing also, you will say... I can't answer. Uh, so if you're talking about just like water, the quality, the water quality testing, that's an option. That's something that, that can be done if they're concerned about certain minerals, mineral content, or even a more comprehensive like virus bacteria, that certainly can be done. Some of that just is, is personal preference unless there's a known history. Like I, again, in, in our area, I don't know of any area off the top of my head that has had a known problem of like, oh, you live in that area, you better test. Agreed. So we're very fortunate in that respects. In some parts of the country, that's not yes. okay. So that that's an option that that clients have. Some just want to do that that testing and and find out. Now, we, like in our climate, one thing we do have is acidic water. Yes. So. That can also be determined. That can also be determined if you're talking about a house on a well. So you could also do a well inspection. So that would be like where a well and pump company comes out and pulls the well pump out of the well, inspects the wiring, the pipe, the pump itself, can do a recovery test so you can learn exactly what the well is producing, which can be important to know, yeah. especially if it's an older property and there's no recorded information on it. And then usually my experience has been that they'll also do like a a test for the acidity of the water. Okay. So I get something yeah. to think about. Yeah, it's kind of like this menu of options that our clients have that we want to make sure, because some, you know, some don't even think about it and some, I mean, don't have never had a septic or a well, but also some people, like you said, hey, I got to make sure this isn't in the water. We're very concerned about this. Mm-hmm. Pre-1970s, right? Asbestos? Yeah. Yeah, but potentially. So, I mean, there is the option you could do testing. I would say probably the most common thing that we'll see in our market is the, the floor tiling. Yep. And the way I approach it is I, I certainly... You could send off a sample to have it tested to find out for sure. You can also just kind of look at the age of the house and take the approach. I'm going to assume that it has asbestos in it and prepare for it. So the, the concern with the asbestos is not that it's there. If it's left alone, there's not a risk. It's when you're doing demolition and making it all airborne. So if a person's going in, buying an older house, knows that they're, hey, I want to renovate this basement that has this tile on it. And I would encourage them to be prepared for that expense. Yeah, agreed. What do you think? And, and not to just go at it on a Sunday afternoon with a with a flat shovel and no respirator. DIY and do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. What about Quest? <laughs> yeah, polybutylene. Great stuff. Yes. So yeah, I mean, in our area again, that's another thing that commonly see houses built generally between 1970 and 1995. Not a hard and fast rule, but in that area. And we do have neighborhoods that are well-known. Oh, yeah. Where, yep, we're likely to find it here. So a couple of things with that. Again, from my perspective, obviously, it's a plumbing system looking to see if there's any leaks and any signs of leaks or any signs that sections of it have been replaced. Those are kind of giveaways that we might have a continual problem. Many times, it, it looks visually fine. So that's a tough one. Like, right. Like as an agent, how do you go back to the seller and say, look, this is quest. I want you to pay for it. Have fun. 
Yeah, it's uh, not going to happen. But, well, but, even in a different market, right? It's like, so too bad, so sad. Now, if it's yeah. actively leaking, like if you go right, in and I can find like evidence, like it's going through a ceiling and, yeah. and by the way, you got five quest leaks, then okay. But that's very rare. It's that very is, that rare, rare that it's, yeah. right? And so then some insurers won't insure homes with quests. So it's also discussing right. that. But I think that's that education as well of letting the seller know, hey, there are some buyers, that's one of their first questions, right? The agent will yeah, exactly. say, does it have quest? Nope. So knowing what the risk is, a lot of people own it forever and never have a risk. But it's just, again, I think if we summarize all this as first, let's get a great Randy, like get a great home inspector, right? Who you can count on and that takes great care of your clients. And that is a great educator and advocate for your clients, but doesn't either scare the crap out of them or tell them go beyond his scope of what he does. But I mm -hmm. think it's as realtors we have to know and understand and guide clients through, hey, this has Quest piping. Here's what it means. Here's what the options are for our buyers and sellers. Radon, again, where these homes are located, are there known issues in that area? Septic systems, what are the things we need to take our care with our clients? Mold and crawl spaces, again, if it's something to be aware of, and then what is their reaction to that? But wells, asbestos, we have to know these things. That is part of what expectation is that I frankly think that our clients should have that we're there to guide them. Now, I'm here to get them to the resource. So let's be clear, like we hire the inspector because you are the resource. And then when you say it needs further investigation, we go to the next resource, right? If there's a structural issue, you say, let's get a structural engineer, not me, the structural yeah. engineer, right? So we're the contact mm -hmm. to the experts, right? But we have to have enough information to advise them on getting in front of that expert. It has this septic, I can't get any records, here are the risks, here's what we should do, or here's who we need to talk to, right? So that is that is very important, right? For us to have that element of education that we're, again, we're not becoming the expert, but we know what they need to do to get to you or that next expert. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to illustrate the role of a home inspector with like the role of a family doctor. You go to your family doctor for a checkup, your family doctor listens to your heart and says, well, it doesn't sound quite right. Now, your family doctor may have a background, may have some knowledge of the heart, and but generally they're going to refer you to a cardiologist, to the specialist. Yes. As the home inspector, I'm a generalist. So I'm identifying things that, hey, I, I think you should consult with the expert on this. Yes. And sometimes you're the ER doc, right? We're like, I'm emergency. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> we got to get Hopefully some not. I, I don't like those. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But, but again, you happens. are an amazing resource because I know that you either have an answer or know who, hey, go to, and it may not be a certain person, right? But right, this yeah. entity, right? We need to get right. to a someone who does foundations, right? We all need to know, like kind of stay in our lane, but advise properly. So yeah, exactly. So, you were so excited to do this. Of course I was. Almost yeah. as excited as the rest of your team. Yes, they were excited too. Yes, except now I know the cookies. I will never show up for another inspection without a okay. cookie, I promise. And, and I will find the ones that aren't super sweet that are the really good cookies and I'll buy you the other ones. Hmm. Well, my question is, if I get cookie for a home inspection, do I get a whole pie for a podcast? Oh, no, we, we're going to get you a whole spread, like a dinner, Ooh. dinner and a spread. Wow. Yes, because you did this. Well, let's do this again then. Oh yeah, anytime. We'll do a series. Randy and Marjorie, let's go. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today at Real Estate Unscripted. And I'll be seeing you super soon for a home inspection. Sounds good. My pleasure. Thank you. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, NMLS Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.